What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 90 of the Anything Genomics podcast. And today I want to invite two of the best people I know to give you some successful relationship tips. Because let's be honest, if you're not proactive in working to take your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your business partners to the next level, like you're in for a rocky road and it can have a massive detrimental impact on your personal happiness and your business success. So if you really want to create amazing relationships, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. I'm really excited about this episode because I'm bringing on two relationship coaches, and I believe that they are some of the best in the business. And in all fairness, yes, I do happen to coach both of them as well. But seriously, they bring a refreshing take on this game known as relationships. They are willing to really like dive into the darkness that allows couples to experience breakthroughs and really create win-win agreements so that both partners are getting their needs met. And that's a really, really important thing. And I love that these two ladies, they don't force a couple down a particular path. Instead, they hold space for really what is truly best for both people. Their names are Lindsay Hammond and Lisa Jones. They own and run a company called The Big D Coaches, and they are on a mission to change the world one tough conversation at a time. They believe every single person on the planet deserves to be in a loving and connected relationship, and I 100% agree with them. They know life is too short to stay stuck in a miserable relationship or even a mediocre one, and they know like showing your kids what a healthy relationship looks and feels like is actually one of the best ways to teach them how to love and to be loved. Now, before I bring them on to the show, I want to let you know about my book called Mindset is Not Enough. It's a book designed to help you unleash your inner seven-figure entrepreneur and create lasting transformation in 90 days or less. You can grab the entire book for free by going to ajamix.com book. And this book goes way beyond mindset because let's be honest, if Creating your dream life and feeling fulfilled in the process was as easy as just mindset stuff. Wouldn't every single high performer on the planet be happy and living their dream life right now? Well, you and I both know that's not the case. So make sure you grab Mindset is Not Enough for free by going to ajamix.com book. So I'm going to shift gears on you now because in this interview, I grill Lindsay and Lisa with some very deep questions, questions that I feel many people in relationships aren't asking and they actually probably aren't even aware of. So I think you're going to get a lot from our conversation. So with that being said, let's bring them onto the show. Lindsay, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks, AJ. Yeah, we're pumped. Yeah, so we're here with Big D Coaches, Relationship Coaches. I'm excited for us to get into talking about some relationships today. And before we do that, you guys have a, a pretty interesting journey because Lindsay, you're married. Lisa, you're not married. And so how has that been like helping people from these different spectrums of life when you guys have walked out two totally different paths thus far in the game of marriage? Yeah, totally. I think it's been beneficial for us because we can bounce stuff off each other. We have completely different perspectives and similar perspectives at the same time. So um, yeah, it's been amazing. I think a lot of coaches work kind of solo and we have the huge benefit of each other 
Yeah. 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 Our experiences. Uh, yeah. I mean, we started doing this together because we saw how hard it was to go through, um, how to how hard it was to make relationships great and also how tough it was to kind of end it amicably. And so, yeah, yeah that was kind of the, how we got started. And, um, and then, yeah, it's kind of morphed. It's changed as, as we've grown as a, as a company, as a business. Yeah. So how has it morphed? Like where, where are you guys at in the game currently? Well, I think it morphed because we came into the business in a space of like, we can help people end relationships amicably without tearing apart their lives. And now we're in a place of, we can help people make their relationships just like amazing, like fucking fantastic. Um, and it doesn't matter whether I'm married, you're single. Like for the longest time we used to say like, I'm happily married most of the time. And Lisa's happily divorced most of the time. <laughs> but even that has morphed. Like I'm happily married and it's fucking phenomenal. And Lisa's working on not being single and that's amazing. So <laughs> as our lives morphed, our business morphed. Yeah. And how, how is the dating world these days? It seems so strange to me. So I'm interested to hear yeah. how that's going. Oh my gosh, AJ, it is, it is a wild world out there. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> Yeah, to enter into the online dating world at 43, um, yeah, it definitely had its challenges, but I've also had a ton of fun with it. Like we've, we've named all the guys that I've dated. We've had a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is you have to go in with an open mind and a sense of humor um, because there are, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about like building a relationship with someone through a screen um, and yeah, the number of times you then meet them like a week or two later and they're completely different for so many, <laughs> in so many ways than what you, who you thought they were, um, not just physically, but also, um, emotionally and in person as well. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of like, it's a bit of a gamble really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you throw a mask on top of it and the current happenings of the world. And now it becomes even more complicated. Yeah, exactly. And like, do you, could you kiss the person, you know, like, how do you, do you ask them to get a COVID test first? Like, <laughs> through the mask. It's through the mask. Like there's going to be like, you know, you have first base and second base. Now it's like three steps off of home base, like on the way to first base. It's just mask kissing. Like you just threw the mask, <laughs> keep the mask on. That's Dry awesome. kissing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I did actually, I think it, it's also, and I've heard this before, a bit of a numbers game. And, you know, about a month ago, I met someone and it, like right away, I, like from the very first date, it was different. So I guess, um, I guess you, yes. you know, you know, when you meet someone and I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to meet someone that you truly connect with right away. And maybe it was like just trying too hard before too, because it was just like, let's meet, grab a coffee, go for a walk. You know, let's keep it simple. I think when you try and do the like dinner and drinks and all this like fancy stuff, it feels a bit um, forced. Mm, makes sense. I'm curious what advice you guys have for entrepreneurs um, who are married or maybe they're single. There's relationship advice. Like what, what are some like tips that you would tell them when it comes like balancing like their calling and their purpose and making that happen and also creating a connected marriage where both parties are feeling seen, heard and understood. 
Yeah, tips. I think my biggest one would be it's, and this is nothing new, um, but it all starts with communication. So the more open your communication is, the better your relationship is going to be. And the better your relationship is, is going to impact every area of your life. So your business will never be any better than um, how good your relationship is with one another as well. So Awesome. So let's talk yeah. about communication a little bit, because I think a lot of people mistake communication as being this black and white science where like, okay, I'm going to learn conscious communication frameworks and I'm going to speak this way. And then my experience of communication is there's a lot of gray space, like a ton of gray space, even in mm -hmm. my own marriage, my, my wife's way of being and the environment she grew up in set her up to communicate in a certain way, which I'm going to call inferential, where she infers people's needs, and she's very good at it. And the environment in which I grew up in and the culture I grew up in was more very black and white, where it was very literal to communicate. This is what I want, this is what I don't want, da, da, da. and we're on two totally different sides of the spectrum. So yeah. how do people start dancing together and understanding how to communicate when it's not as easy, when it's like, oh, well, just communicate your needs and that'd be great when there's like two different styles of communication. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, and that's such a great example, is that we come into our relationships and try to communicate with our partner the way that we know how to communicate. And um, so, you know, the old adage, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, we always say, you know, treat others the way they want to be treated. And I think that works for communication too. So if you have first of all the conversation about your different communication styles and then realize like, okay, one of us likes to get it all out on the table and chat and the other one's a processor. Then first of all, it's recognizing that your communication styles are different. Which is huge. Yeah. And then the second part is like, how do we uh, meet in the middle? What is the compromise on someone who likes to chat on the table and the other person who likes to, to process? What, what does that look like? And it's, it's like acknowledging and addressing and then finding out a way to flex your communication style to the other person's communication style. So it's like so many things compromising in your relationship and saying, okay, well, you're a processor, but I like to discuss it out all on the table. So how about we create a way that we can do both, right? That maybe I let you know ahead of time what we're gonna be talking about and my main points that I wanna bring up so you can process before we talk about it together. Um, would be an example of like blending the two styles. Yes, totally. And how does somebody start having those types of communication without stabbing each other subconsciously and one another's deep core wounds? Oh, I love Good that. question. Yeah. yeah, it's important to not make the other person's way wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I mean, it all starts with setting up the space to have the conversation. So if you're going to have a conversation that is, that you know is going to trigger or press those points, then um, the right way to do it is to set up the space and, and acknowledge that you're there to listen without judgment and acknowledging it and then doing it are two different things so by really stepping into doing that so actually acknowledging and listening without judgment it takes a lot of self-awareness mm. do you think most people when they're communicating with one another have an awareness of what their core wound is and what their partner's core wound is and how to navigate that <laughs> no, no definitely not <laughs> you knew the answer to that <laughs> 
no, you got to do the work, AJ. <laughs> so if yeah, that's the case, then how is somebody going to learn how to navigate those and become aware of those? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's like anything. It's a skill that, need, that does need to be learned. So, I mean, how do you normally learn things? You can look it up. You can read it in a book. You can hire a professional that specializes in it. Like you guys. Um, you guys must hire them. I'm just telling you right now. Hire Lindsay Lisa. You'll be happy you did. Okay, sorry. <laughs> back, back to you. Back to you. But yeah, I think a lot of people do um, like Band-Aid measures, right? They say, oh, our relationship's not doing that well. Like I'm going to buy the latest John Gottman book and we're going to read it together. And, and maybe I just buy it and I already feel better about, you know, about my relationship not being good. And so now I can put it kind of back under the carpet for a while. Um, yeah, I, th I think that part of it is, is actually saying, yeah, we do need to learn this. And it is a skill. That we can learn so I want, I want to go deeper. I want to push. I want to go. I want to push deeper in, into this concept because I'm curious where we're going to land because I don't know yet. So somebody may go buy the best John Gottman book or any other relationship book, and lots of people buy books because it reinforces an identity in which they hope they are. So it's like, I care about my relationship. Let me prove it to myself, and let me prove it to my partner. But see, because see, I bought the book. I go through the course. Okay. And I'm not putting down courses, not putting down books. There's validity to all of it. And it's great to shop in some of those skill sets. But my experience has been, or let me, and my experience has been, oftentimes the books don't help us find that subconscious wound because it's in an area of us that we don't even know that exists. Mm -hmm. So how does somebody, I'm just curious, how do you guys feel like, somebody accesses that part of them or become aware of it. I know how I've done it. I'm happy to share that, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean, I know how I've accessed it and that has been through coaching and then through our experience with yourself and Jonathan, and that's experiential and there's nothing that you can really read to make that happen. So for me, it's yeah, working with coach or, um, doing a, um, experience or a, like a life transformation type of event like the shift um i don't think you can just read about it and come up with those deep wounds it's like even when maybe something traumatic has happened in your life you can point to that time as traumatic but without maybe guidance i think it's it's hard to get to the source of of the wound within the trauma awesome so it comes back to trauma now we're getting somewhere so then do, are you guys seeing when you guys are counseling and coaching relationships that the issues that are going on, the tension that's going on ties back to quote unquote trauma. And I'm, I'm putting that in quotes because I think a lot of people have a misperception that trauma is like big, you know, crazy things that happen in life. And that's not the case for a lot of people. And yet they still have experienced trauma. Like there's still a part of them that feels Tra uh, traumatized, traumatized, uh, traumatized. Well, traumatized. <laughs> Thank you so much. I need a Canadian to help with my American English. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so, are you seeing that play out in relationships a lot? The, the trauma. Definitely, and I think that a lot of it is so. Two types of trauma that we see frequently. One is trauma from past relationships. Mm. So uh, stuff that they're bringing forward that they haven't dealt with that when their new partner does something, it triggers that past trauma. So anything from like jealousy issues to trust issues to 
um, communicate, I mean, every topic, if, if you haven't sort of um, identified and solved it from your past relationship, chances are you're bringing it with you. It's coming with. <laughs> That's why they call it baggage, right? It comes with you. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, the other type of uh, trauma that, that comes with is, is family of origin stuff. So um, yeah, you don't, there's no way that you can coach individuals or a couple on relationships where um, stuff that has happened in their own homes, um, whoever brought them up, uh, comes into play. And um, yeah, and, and I would say those are the two main totally places. Yeah. How yep. do you see the, the trauma of family origins typically impact um, the relational piece? Patterns repeating themselves. Yeah. So what, what type of patterns? So say someone grew up in a home where um, the way that arguments were solved was by yelling and throwing things and slamming doors. Even if they've recognized that that's not some, a way that they want to deal with conflict, um, chances are that's all they've known. And so um, when, the, when they're in that fight or flight place, um, they, they go to that place. So they start yelling, they find themselves throwing things. Um, and yeah, and so there's a lot of work that needs to be done there yeah. for those individuals. There's, yeah, yeah. once they, they can see it happening, they can feel it happening, but uh, they can even talk about it happening sometimes, but don't know how to change that neural pathway. Yeah, and I would say, so that's one place from family of origin is um, continuing a pattern that's been modeled for you. And then the second being continuing to hold an identity of how you may have been treated when you were younger or felt when you were younger, if that makes sense. Now tell me more about that one. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so if you're growing up and um, our parents, I think often even without knowing it, um, can label their children or treat children in a certain way. For example, um, I was the smart one growing up and my sister, she was the beautiful one. And so you get these like personas that are not forced on you, but kind of forced on you and you attach it to yourself and then you bring that to your relationships when you grow up and you show up as that piece of yourself instead of your whole self. Uh, I like it. That makes sense. And is there a third potentiality where people are like resisting the way that they, the way they were origined, I guess you would say, meaning they're like, I am never going to fight like my mom or dad, or I'm never going to be this way. And like, since that was, again, trauma, quote unquote trauma, they yeah. then, rather than being that and interacting in that way, they then resist it and are now operating in a way that's completely in response to the trauma. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely the third way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So if these are like some of the ways that people are, res are responding or actually rather they're reacting to trauma. And it's impacting the relationship, meaning there's conflict, uh, there's not harmony, there's not unity, there's not, it's, it's lacking connection. How do they start like reclaiming some of this and start responding to the trauma rather than reacting? So now they're then co-creating in their relationship. Yeah, great question. You want to? We, so when we work with clients, um, our favorite thing to do is work with them um, together and when when we are able to do that we usually work one-on-one -on -one with each of them as well as uh, one to two so 
Um, what's great is that you get to do the work that you need to do of, of, on your own, and then you're able to bring some of those realizations and those ahas to your relationship, which changes the dynamic in your relationship. Um, it brings growth to your relationship, and it's the, a byproduct is um, intimacy because you're being vulnerable along the way. You want to add anything? Um, yeah, no, I 100% I agree with that. And what we're also seeing is on the individual calls, if we can help our clients identify with some of those personas, right? Some of their personas that they're still carrying forth or even ones that they step into. Um, you know, one of my uh, clients' personas is like the Hulk, right? So recognizing that, that, that he has that in him, that Hulk-like behavior, and then really digging deep on individually with him on like, what does that look like and where else does he show up? And if you could choose to show up as a different persona, who would that be? And sort of creating that new persona and then watching what happens when they then share that with their partner such a different way of going about dealing with our own shit, right? Instead of the partner going like, you do this, you freak out, da, da, da. Now you have a partner coming to the group call saying like, hey, guess what I just learned about myself and I'm discovering about myself. Like I have this side of me, this persona that comes out that, that I don't really like and I want to change. And hey, maybe you could even help me. You could be my, my accountability partner on this you know, we could come up with a way of, of, of talking about uh, what it feels like and we can stop it before, before he goes green, you know, <laughs> and come up with a plan together. So yeah, it's identifying um, on the individual calls um, some of the work that you have to do and then bringing it into the relationship. And how long do you think it takes somebody to kind of go from a place of being wounded to then integrating these lessons and coming out on the other side where two parties are like in co-creation, they both feel connected and the relationship is now fueling their purpose and their desire for life rather than draining it. How, how long does that usually take? <laughs> I love that question, but it's so different for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had like, I'm working with a couple right now that like it's, it's only been like a month, month and a half. And they're like, it's like exponential growth. And, but I would say the pattern is more typical of like, when we start working together, it go, we go dark. We like, go down before we go up. Like there is a storm happening and swirling and nastiness. And I'm going like, crap, did I create this? Did I, did I co-create this mess? <laughs> and it gets ugly before um, you come back out of that. And, and so, yeah, sometimes it, I would say that I've seen it take up to six months. Um, for couples who, who, who need to spend more time in that kind of like dark place, um, uh, really working things out before they kind of come up the other side. But yeah. So let's talk about that darkness. Cause I don't think that's talked about a lot in relationship, right? Most people are like, Oh, love hugs, kisses. It's going to be great. But the reality is, is like, what is, what's that old saying? It's, it's the darkest before the dawn or some yeah, superhero yeah, yeah. quote. I don't, I don't know. Right. I think of Batman when I think of that. I'm like, it's the darkest before the dawn to see Batman. I don't know why. This has nothing to do with relationships, by the way. So, <laughs> but let's talk about the darkness. Most people label the darkness as bad or wrong. And I think in today's culture, and I was talking to another um, relationship person around this too, Dana Heston, uh, a couple episodes ago. And we're talking about this too. In today's culture, when things get dark, it seems like people just leave. Like, ah, 
too much dark. I'm going to go back to light. And then as you talked about, Lisa, it's like, well, then they carry that baggage into the next relationship. It gets dark um, and go to the light. And they just, it it is like this self-perpetuating thing. And one of the things that you guys do in your 4D method, I think the first step, if I remember correctly, is like decide, like, are you fucking in? Are you fucking out? Like decide. And I think that's a brilliant thing because it's the thing that sets up like when things are dark, that you're still in it and you're willing to essentially downshift so you can gain more power momentum to then come out of the storm to actually drive to the light. Why do you feel most people, I, I think it is most people, why do you feel most people run from the darkness rather than having the willingness to like go into it to know that it's gonna, that's the thing that's going to level them up to then propel them into the promised land that they desire. Yeah. First of all, thanks for knowing about the 4D method. You're, You're amazing. Welcome. Um, and yeah, it, the reason is that those places are scary. They're scary. People have fear about them. They're uncomfortable. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, most people choose easy. And when you're choosing easy, you're choosing comfort. Um, uh, the voices inside of our heads, you know, those saboteur voices, they're programmed to keep us in places of safety and comfort. And so um, we have a lot of voices working towards keeping us in that safe place. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why is that it's it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that people also don't want to go, um, don't want to have to make the hard decision. That's why that's that first step is decide is um, if you look around you, I'm sure we all see, I would say the majority of people in relationships that are sitting on the fence, they're, they're not really in it. They haven't really decided to stay. They're not waking up choosing their partner every day. And they're also not ready to leave it and don't want to leave it and maybe would never leave it, but they're, but they're sitting, you know, elevated between those two worlds. Um, yeah. And so deciding to get in it really does mean, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go to the dark side. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, that's a scary place for people to go. And, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that that's where the magic happens. You know, like totally. that's where the, the real work begins yeah. is when you go um, to that low place uh, where the, yeah, whether it's the trauma or the pain or the vulnerability of saying, you know what, I don't feel secure in this relationship or I don't feel loved or I don't like the way that we make love. Um, you know, those are the most vulnerable conversations to have. Mm-hmm. And I think I like what you just said, like that's where the work is, because I think that's another piece of it is that um, by really choosing to get in, it's like you're acknowledging that relationships take work, which they do. I think we, a lot of us in society live in this fantasy world of like, well, it should be easy. If it was love, it would just be easy, but it's just not the case. Relationships take work. And the more you put into it, the more, the more you're going to get out of it. Right? Yeah. I hear some Navy SEAL saying that's like when when we're done, we have like 40% more left in us or, or some, I believe it's a Navy SEAL thing. And so for those who may be listening and maybe they're in a dark spot in the relationship or maybe it's just hard right now, do you guys typically find when a couple is like, oh, I can't do anymore, that that Navy SEAL adage actually applies to the game of relationships or we 
where we do, like if we get out of our own stories, our own judgments of right wrongs or should shouldn'ts, we actually do have 40% more capacity to go into the pit to then find the gift and then extract it to then make the, the, the marriage amazing. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. It's, it's, it's really like drawing a line in the sand though and saying, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to jump over this line. <laughs> yeah. I'm going all in. Yeah. What are some of the things you guys have had to go all in on inside your relationship that made things better? Yeah. Good question. Um, why are you looking at me? <laughs> She's not even considering answering this one. I'm just in the beginning of a new relationship. Everything's amazing. <laughs> like all I have is hope and wonder and lust and love. And I'm in like la la land. So like, I feel like you're probably better to answer this. Oh man. Yeah. I think I've had to go all in, in the sense of, um, really accepting that I, I mean, I have the power to make the difference, right? Like it's a choice. So, um, I'm either settling or I'm choosing to continuously make it better and to continuously want it to grow and to improve. Um, and like Lisa said, like making that commitment to choosing my partner every morning. Do you think most people, I'm trying to think how to word this. Like, I think a lot of people have a belief where it's like, well, they're not willing to do their work, meaning the other partner. And, Mm -hmm. and then maybe they're sitting and like, I'm so tired. I don't want to lead. And can't, and I guess my question is, is the, is there truth to one person can actually lead and change the dynamic of the relationship or does it, Mm -hmm. or does it actually take two people? No, uh, yeah, it definitely can be just one person. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that that's, it's, it's definitely one of those like falsehoods that's out there that, oh, it, cause you always hear, oh, it takes two, it takes two. And that often leaves two people waiting for the other person for their whole life <laughs> to yeah. do something. Right. So yeah, we've seen it so many times where one person in the relationship says, you know what, we cannot stay in this place that we're at anymore. I'm no longer willing to be in a mediocre relationship where I'm sitting on the fence. So I'm going to go ahead and sign us up for this. I'm going to go ahead and do this weekend away and you're coming with me, or I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick some coaches for us or some counselors or whatever it is for us to work with. And at that point, their partner has a choice to make, right? They can either say, nope, I'm not going to do that. Or they can say yes, but there's two types of people that say yes, right? (laughs) There's the ones that say yes, and they're dragging their heels and they're going to make it wrong and bad and they're not really saying yes they're not really willing to be honest and open and vulnerable and then there's the other type of partner that's like yes and thank you for taking the initiative to set this up to take that first brave step i love you and i want to make us better too and i believe that we can be better and so i'm in Mm. right and there's the partner that says no not coming, not coming along with it. And we work with those people individually and we have a ton of individual clients and maybe the road is longer, maybe, but um, as people make changes to their own perspective and to their own um, power and choice, it changes the world around them and it changes their relationship without the other person even, you know, doing anything at that point. So 
Awesome. Yeah. What are some like big mistakes that you see people making in relationships that's like cutting off the connection? Blaming the other person for their um, unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Blaming is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we joke about this too in a lot of our stuff because I still catch myself all the time. Like I'll be like, fucking Trevor, it's his fault. I'm having a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so human nature, but then it's like, Oh, grace for myself. And, um, it's totally not his fault. I'm choosing to see it that way. And then kind of like bringing you back to kind of center and, um, when you don't have the tools to do that and to see it, that it's a choice and that it is a perspective, then you live in that space of blame and it really and truly just creates like a poison in your relationship. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, yeah, I mean, um, criticism and resentment are, are big things as well. So, um, whether that's done in sort of subliminal ways or overtly, um, that's definitely one thing that, that can break down a relationship. Um, stonewalling is big, like avoiding the hard conversations or even any conversations. Um, there's tons of, tons of people that are, that come to us that are like, you know, my, my partner just won't talk about this. Or, um, another thing that happens is I know what they're going to say we've been down this road before. So I would say that that's another um, problem that happens is, is one partner, they've been together for long enough and they believe that they know everything about their partner and that they know how they're gonna react. And so there's no curiosity left in the relationship and there's no um, belief that that person does have the ability to um, shift a perspective or change the way that they show up in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And those are huge. You- you like killed it. You named like the hugest mistakes and studies have shown that those are the main, those are the main reasons that people go down the path of divorce. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Broken wing syndrome is another one. (laughs) What's, what's that one? So many. Um, so when you see your partner, um, instead of, we always say in the coaching world is cheesy, but like naturally creative, resourceful and whole, that's how we see humans and clients and each other. And, um, when people go into a relationship and see their partner as having like a broken wing, like there's something wrong with you, your work in progress, I can fix you. Um, that's, that's another big one. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's never your role to fix somebody else. Fucking and, heroes always bring in drama into relationships. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? yeah. They're not broken in the first place. I think that's where, you know, that's the beginning bit is like, they're not broken. <laughs> yeah. You're coming in on a yeah. not level playing field. Yeah. So. Those damn heroes. Hey, AJ. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, if somebody was on their edge where they're like, man, I, I want to speak this truth. I want to seek out the coach. I, whatever their edge is, because I see a lot of people get stuck there. What advice do you have for them on how they can lean into that edge to actually start leaning into it and making some progress? deathbed confessions <laughs> just do it um, no like for me honestly it's when so, when i can feel somebody that's like on the edge of saying yes on the edge of like committing to themselves uh to do the work uh, i find it helps to like have them imagine being on their deathbed right and i know it's morbid but like what how do you want to remember your life what are the things that you don't want to have regrets on um how do you want to be remembered 
it's, I know it's big, but it helps people to realize like, oh, right. Like, man, like I'm 43 years old. I don't want to live another day in this stuck place. Like it is worth it to take the risk of being vulnerable and messing this up even worse than it already is. Mm -hmm. And because I don't want to be on my deathbed going like, I wish I'd said the thing. I wish I'd spoken up for myself. I wish I'd asked for what I needed. I wish I'd loved with a full heart. So good. I was at a, a marriage retreat that was a little bit more conservative than I anticipated it being. And we were doing this thing where we we're supposed to like express resentments to one another. So I was just like, oh, resentments? Boom, 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 boom. Sarah, like, resentments? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Like, no problem. <laughs> I got this. this is, like, after like going through Uprising and Project Shift, I'm like, this is a cake- resentments cakewalk. But I got to witness so many other people who were like stuck. Because they had like this belief system that God was going to be mad at them if they like voice and spoke their resist their resentments into the world. And I don't know, this is kind of crazy for me to think about. Um, any advice for people who have that way of thinking where they, they give themselves the freedom to just fully contribute the totality of them into the pool of shared meaning so they actually can create with other human beings? Yeah, I I think, I think part of it is like, you can continue in the same loop and the same patterns, but you'll always get that same result. So if you want something to change, if you want something to be different, you, you have to be the source of what's different. So um, how are you going to do that? How are you going to be different? Because you can't stay small and you can't stay the same, right? And we always say, one of the things we always choose to say, it's not even ours probably, but <laughs> is to always choose um, discomfort over resentment. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's Brene, our, our friend, our close our friend. Our close friend, friend, friend Brene Brown. Brene Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her boundaries mantra. And we use it all the time, right? Yeah. The, the discomfort of saying yes to that scary thing or the discomfort of saying no to the thing you don't want to do versus yeah. resenting yourself, resenting others, resenting the situation when you say yes. Yeah, John Wayne said it in a different way, which was courage is being fearful and saddling up anyway. It's like being afraid, you put the saddle oh. on the horse, you get on the fucking horse and you go. You're still afraid, yeah. but now yeah. you're embracing some courage. You're, you're leaning to embrace, I mean, you're using to embrace courage and lean into that, dis- that discomfort rather than just stay in fear zone, which is just gonna continue replicating the same thing over and over again. So Mm -hmm. as we're coming to a close here, I'm just kind of curious if you guys could go back in time and give yourself some younger wisdom that help you get results faster inside your marriage, what would you tell yourself? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that (laughs) is good. Yeah, I, I would just go way back and just like, explained my younger self the power of the shoulds and um you don't have to listen to the shoulds like stay in your own in your own lane of what you want and uh don't accept what what other people think should be awesome thanks um it's this is a tough one for me because i feel like it's been um the self-discovery like revolution has happened, you know, kind of like starting in my twenties until now. And so there, yeah, there are times when I, when I'm like, Oh, I wish I knew then what I know now, but I actually sort of love that it's been a journey of continued growth. Um, 
And I've always been a curious person asking the big questions. So yeah, I feel like I would tell my younger self or any younger selves to just stay super curious about everything to not get entrenched in any sort of like, um, you know, idea or way of think that things have to be, um, yeah, to stay open and learn as much as you can about other people's ways of being and perspectives. And if anything, yeah, I would say I probably was just a bit more closed minded um, when I, when I was younger and, and a lot of um, needing to be, to be right, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you actually, AJ, this is totally from you that I've completely adopted. I have nothing to prove or defend. Awesome. I, I feel like I, I would tell my younger self that, you have nothing to prove or defend. Like, just be you. You're great the way you are. Stop trying to like get the whole world on your side because it just doesn't matter. <laughs> so good. And I remember when that was tattooed on your arm until it, it washed off because Sharpies <laughs> don't last forever. <laughs> Pretty sure you're wearing that exact same shirt, actually. <laughs> awesome. So with that being said, I know you guys have a training. Uh, you want to talk a little about about the training that people can access if they want to learn how to take their relationship to the next level, where they can go to access that training or anything else we want to share with other people to help them take their relationships to the next level. Amazing. Yeah. We, we, our core belief is that relationships are everything and the quality of, of everything in your life is dependent on the quality of your relationships. So it is our passion and we'd love to help anyone who is on that journey. Um, you can check out our website, uh, so that is thebigdcoaches.com. And um, the training that AJ is referring to, um, I'm going to mess it up. Do it. <laughs> well, no, we're, well, what you can do is, yeah, follow us on social. And we're going to have like, we're going to have an online training coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, we are. that's what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't actually picked a date yet. But um, yeah, if you start following us, we'll be chirping about it on all on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and that's the best place to start. Just come. And it's a free training. Um, you'll learn something about yourself. You'll have some key takeaways. And then, um, yeah, and then you can decide if, if you like us and you might want to work with us or you know someone who does. Yeah. And I think the training is uh, the four secrets or five secrets to helping one another or the partners feel heard, understood, or seen or something of that <laughs> nature, some, some way in that order, right? Yeah. Feel seen, heard, and, and understood. understood. Yes. Yeah. Without sacrificing your own wants, needs and desires. Brilliant. So check that out, thebigdcoaches.com. Um, thank you so much, Lindsay, Lisa, for being here today. Really appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us. And by the way, are we allowed to give you a bit of an endorsement? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'll take an endorsement. <laughs> I'm not going to turn it down. All right. So <laughs> a ton of where the success that we've had on our personal journeys mm -hmm. as well as our business journey has been thanks to you aj and that uprising event i i actually still talk about it daily yeah um i thought i went into it thinking that i'd done all the work there was to be done on myself and i was very very wrong <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah so the the shift the internal shift that we both made during that weekend is has changed our lives and on so many levels yeah. and um and yeah like i thank you i guess this is really just a thank mm. you thank, thank you. you for coming yeah. into our lives thank you You're for being welcome. such an incredible coach um thank you for getting our butts down to texas for those three days that that changed our lives forever 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Well, there you have it, my friend, Lindsay Hammond and Lisa Jones in the house, two of my favorite people on the planet. They are wizards at all things relationships. I hope you got a lot out of this conversation. I hope it inspires you to look deeper into your ways of being and how they're impacting the connection you and your partner are experiencing inside your relationship. And if it did, I would love to hear about it. Simply take a screenshot of you listening to this episode on your device, post it over to your Instagram stories, and tag me at AJ Amix. And also tag Lindsay and Lisa at the big D, as in dog, the big D coaches. And uh, that'd be awesome. We'd love to hear from you guys over on Instagram stories. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to AJAmix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.